Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sacred Souls podcast. This is episode eight, where we're going to talk about overcoming challenges and the difference between listening to your intuition and following the law of attraction. So today I'm joined today with my friend, Stacey Spies Ryder, who is an amazing author. So thank you, Stacey, for being here today. Thanks for having me. So can you just tell us a little bit um, about who you are and what you do so everyone listening can get to know you? Sure. So yeah, as Marielle said, I'm an author of two books. The one's called The Gratitude Horse. And my first one, it was called Spiritual Klutz, which is actually all about the law of attraction and my experiences with it. Um, I'm also the creator at Positive Me, which is a brand that is pretty much just out there to help spread positivity. And it's been pretty, you know, full force right now with everything that's going on in the world. Um, And I created that brand because I had actually created a packet for of mindfulness activities for kids because I'm a former teacher. So I wanted to create or I wanted to combine my love of mindfulness, law of attraction with my love of teaching. And so positive me is almost what was born out of all of that. And I love all of your stuff. I feel like I have the whole collection, all of your books. You do. (laughs) I do. Yeah. I'm like your biggest fan. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) So I feel like, so obviously everyone, we all go through challenges and we both have gone through a bunch and I just feel like the diff, like what makes us different and you especially different um, than maybe like the average person is that I feel like you've really understood and um, kind of been able to find a way to cope with the challenges and kind of, I guess, mastered them, you know, and obviously challenges are always going to affect us. It's never going to be like, okay, whatever, just another challenge. But I just feel like you have mastered challenges in such an amazing way and thought maybe you could share just maybe some things you've gone through or, and maybe kind of how you've been, how it's made you, um, you know, become the person you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my biggest experiences in life has been with grief. Um, I'm 29 years old and I have lost 14 family members, um, starting with my mom in 2001 And it was something that as a kid, you don't really understand, but it definitely impacts you in a way that you're not even sure of when it happens. And so I grew up um, kind of experiencing a lot of inner turmoil and confusion. And it was exceptionally difficult because in middle school. So my mom passed away towards the end of my elementary school experience. And then in middle school, I had probably about a handful of aunts and uncles pass away. And so at a time that's so crucial to my development, I was experiencing loss. And that was really scary for me. So I started to develop a lot of fear that everybody who was important to me was going to die. And so I, as a kid, you kind of are just forced to be resilient. And so when I got to high school and college is actually when it hit me the most. And I was experiencing a lot of depression. I was experiencing a lot of um, anxiety. I was never really a mean person, but I was definitely negative. I was very pessimistic. I could talk up anybody. I could believe in anybody and, and anybody else. But when it came to myself, I just... I thought everything was just going to go wrong for me because growing up it did. 
And so when I got to a point in college, I think I just turned 21. I found the law of attraction through a friend. So I shouldn't say I found it. My friend introduced me to the law of attraction and I was leaving to study abroad for five months. And it was super, super hard for me because I'd never been out of the country. And so my first time out of the country, I was going for five months. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I was super homesick. And that was an experience that made me that it kind of brought all of my loss and whatnot and all of my, my internal issues to a halt. And I was forced to deal with them. And so when I started with the law of attraction is really when I started to learn how to actually overcome my challenges. So again, like when I was a kid, you're kind of just forced to roll with the punches and I was lucky because I had a dad that kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, but when I started to go with the law of attractions, when I started to face what was happening. And so I stopped stuffing everything down and just started flipping the script on what I was believing in my mindset. I couldn't continue to feel like I was going to lose things because that's what was happening. That was what I was putting my focus on. So when I started to focus on the things that I wanted to actually happen and, and just worked with gently guiding myself to believing in those things, that's when I realized like, okay, I actually can overcome these challenges myself. I'm not just ignoring them or I'm not just being forced to do it. Like I can look at a challenge head on and say, okay, you know, this is going to happen or this is happening. What can we do? Um, so that's, I don't know. Like I guess I was forced to when I was a kid. And then when I became an adult, I consciously looked to overcome them rather than just stuff them away or ignore them. Right. And I love that because I always talk about either in the podcast or on my social media and as a healer in general, and just as a human being, I really feel like, you know, people should not think that they're a victim and that we can, you know, like we can shape our own destiny. And I love how, obviously, you know, if you're a kid and this just happens to you, like, I'm not saying that, like a 10 year old or however old you are, you know, like you need to all of a sudden be thinking of these things, but like, as soon as you are able to reflect and be more mindful, um, you know, I think that is a really good thing. And even when you were saying that you found the law of attraction, right. When you were going to study abroad from me, looking at it from a spiritual point of view, it just seems very synchronistic that that's when that came to you. So it seems like very divinely timed. Oh, absolutely. And while towards the end of my stay, I really started to open up. I was in Spain um, and I started to really open up and realize that it was all happening for a reason, that it was the perfect opportunity for me to really just get out of my comfort zone and thinking positively on top of being in a different country. Those are two things that were outside of my comfort zone. I wasn't used to doing them. Um, mm-hmm. And to backtrack real quick about the victim mentality. This is something that I was so, so, I don't know. I didn't mean to be that way. Um, It was definitely something that was a habit for me though. I always fell victim to things, or I always felt myself falling victim to things. And so now when I feel myself slipping back into that, I can recognize like, okay, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to even say like, oh, this isn't fair. Why is this happening to me? I think we really become the victim mentality when we live there. So, you know, I always get nervous telling people don't fall into the victim mentality because I don't want them to think that they can't ever be sad or they can't ever feel a certain way. 
But I so I always say, feel what you need to feel, but don't live there. Like feel it, release it, and then start to work on moving forward. Right. And also, I mean, not to sound cliche, but you know, that saying where it says like everything is happening for you instead of to you, I feel like that also takes you out of the victimhood mentality if you think of it that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember what book um, you were introduced to when you were 21 for the law of attraction? Yeah. Yeah, So it was actually the secret. And I talk about this in my book, the spiritual clots, but I, someone actually handed it to me before I left for Spain. I want to say a few weeks before. And I I remember picking it up and thinking like, okay, like the pages feel really cool, but I didn't like what the content was all about. So I put it down and I was like, oh, like, thanks, but no thanks. And then when I got to Spain, I had another friend who was all into the law of attraction and she, somehow I got back, back into it and I went and found the only English copy in the bookstore there. So I thought that was very synchronistic. And yeah, oh yeah. And then I lived in my room for like months because I was terrified to go anywhere because I was just like so homesick. And so I watched the documentary online pretty much every day. So <laughs> the secret was a huge the secret was huge for me starting out with the law of attraction. I recommend it to a lot of people when I realized that they they could really start on that path. Yeah. And the reason why I asked you is because when you said that you were 21, that's also the exact age that I was at when I was introduced to the law of attraction, but it wasn't with the secret. It was Louise Hay's book, um, You Can Heal Your Life. So that was like the very first thing I ever, and the secret was already out, but for some reason, like that's not what was recommended to me. The other one was. And so I read that and that book was just so life-changing. And then from there, I didn't actually read the secret, but I watched the movie like over and over again like you're saying yeah <laughs> and then yeah and then I went with the other books that she had but you can heal your life's another good one I actually watched that with my mother-in-law um a few years ago when she was in one of the I don't want to say rehabilitation centers but that's pretty much what she was she was getting the strength back in her her legs so it was a really mm-hmm. good documentary yeah. to watch yeah So I always talk about, you know, intuition um, from my end of everything. And I feel like the law of attraction, you know, it may not be viewed as something spiritual, whereas your intuition might be. Um, And so I think that they merge in a way because your intuition can maybe tell you, you know, like, um, go in this direction or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. But then it's kind of like, okay, well, what, you know, and of course, I'm still talking about overcoming challenges. Like, what do we do from here? But then... So I feel like maybe it starts with your intuition because you're finding like what you're feeling out, like what you need or to do or not to do. But then it's kind of like, well, where do we take that from there? And I feel like that's where the law of attraction comes in. Yeah, I would agree. And I'm, my intuition is not very loud. I have a friend who is just like, it's a gift for her and and you as well. Um, Mine's more of like a little whisper that comes from within. Um, and I'm someone who questions stuff a lot. So that's also kind of why I wrote the book spiritual cuts, because I love the law of attraction and I wholeheartedly believe in it, but I'm also someone who overthinks everything. (laughs) So when I get a sign, I like, I guess that like the intuition part of get receiving a sign is I feel this jolt and I kind of feel frozen to the, the spot that I'm in. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was totally a sign. And then 
I've gotten better with this, but as when I was first getting into all of this, my mind would just go and like overthink it and overlook it. And then I would be like, okay, that wasn't a sign. That's just me overthinking everything. So I rely heavily on signs from the universe to help me with my intuition because again, I'm just, if I have some, if I'm sitting there, I have a very loud internal dialogue. And so the outside signs really help me kind of hone in on what I'm supposed to be focusing on. And that's what helps me align and use the law of attraction to attract what I want in my life. So you would say like they kind of, you can't really have one without the other, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I've never really thought of it that, yeah, but I I guess you really do need both of them. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I guess I think the law of attraction is just something that happens so naturally and your intuition is something that happens so naturally. So I I would, I'm not surprised that they kind of come hand in hand. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, to us, it comes naturally because we've worked at it for so long, but a lot of people, you know, it doesn't come to them at all, even though it can. So, right. So I don't know, maybe it's kind of like a chicken or the egg type thing. <laughs> Do you use the law of attraction to get better with your intuition? Because that's, I guess that's what I would say happened with me. Or is it kind of just like your intuition's there and the law of attraction help you peel back the layers to, to strengthen it? Right. So do you have an example of maybe how you're overcoming um, any of your challenges and you did use both of them? So um, I would actually use what's currently going on with the virus. I, Mm -hmm. I think it's a time of high anxiety for a lot of people. And it's definitely a time where it's easy to shut down. And so Um, I've been really focusing on my inner voice telling me keep showing up. Um, cause I, and you know, I was like, well, what can I do? Like, this is such an easy time to just forget all of my work and be like, you know what? I can get into panic mode like everybody else. But every time I go to shut down and I was dealing with a personal issue on top of all this. So honestly, for the first three weeks that we've been involved in this, I was experiencing something super traumatic in my family. And so I I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. And I just had that voice that kept saying, keep showing up, keep showing up. And so because I've continued to show up with my work through positive me, I've been able to really just get into a calm place and know that we're coming out of this and we're going to be okay where if you, this had happened maybe five years prior or even six, seven years prior, I would have been a completely different situation. So I really think that that voice, that's my intuition telling me like, keep going, like something good's going to come out of this. So I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have that end solution yet, but I know it's going to happen because my intuition is so strong with it right now. Right. And I think, well, first of all, thank you for showing up and providing, you know, all of that stuff that, I see you provide for parents and kids and everything that you post on Facebook and your social media. Um, But I think what you're saying, even though you're saying that this is a perfect example for the virus and everything, I feel like it's so symbolic what you're saying, you know, for everything else in life. And, you know, just to give my own example, like when I was diagnosed with cancer, it's very similar, I feel like, to everything you were just saying, because it's a time where you could just easily be like, okay, I'm going to shut down or give up or just hide. And it can offer you that excuse to just, you know, 
um, not show up, but I, you know, so it's kind of like what choice, which path do you want to take? What decision do you want to make? And um, I feel like it's all about how adaptable you're willing to be and how you'll get like how you're, you will will yourself back up and also, you know, how you can change your mindset. Um, so I just feel like what you're saying just really relates, you know, can relate to anyone if they're not going through the virus or not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to backtrack how you were saying you were connecting it to when you were diagnosed, I remember how strong you were in, your treatment path and that, and you knew exactly what was meant for you. And that's, that's so important. And I think that was such a, such a testament to how strong your intuition is. Thank you. Yeah. And actually, um, when I was first diagnosed and I was telling everyone about it, people like my friends and family, they just kept being like, Oh my God, like you're being so calm about it. Or they're just like, you're, they were just saying something vague, like you're just taking it really well. And I was kind of thinking like, well, how should I be taking it? Like, I didn't really know like what the other way was because I wasn't consciously like, how am I going to take it today? You know, but now yeah. that I see everything going on with the virus um, and I see how everyone is panicking and in a state of fear, I see now like how, what, how I reacted was definitely different than the majority. Oh, I agree. I agree. And even with people telling you, what you should be doing. And that's, I think that's where we as humans need to rely on our intuition and, and trust in ourselves is because there's a lot of people out there who are always going to tell you what you should be doing and that it can be such a killer of dreams and such a killer of positivity is listening to the should. So it's kind of like you're overcoming that other, other people's voices to listen to your own and, I, I really th- think that the law of attraction is something that naturally helps you do so. Right. Yeah. And on like a completely different note, but positive note, um, vision boards, <laughs> I am so into them and I know that you have been before and I don't know if you still make yours or not. Yep. Um, yep. But I know for me, vision boards have helped me so much attract what I want. And I was just wondering, do you think that could be a good tool too? Like if you are going through something um, like either a challenge or grief to maybe kind of shift up your vision board? Oh, absolutely. Um, And even if you don't have one started, this is a perfect time to do it. Um, Yeah, we have the time. Yeah, everyone really has a lot of time. But even so, you can do it on your phone. There's apps that you can download. You can do it on your computer and make it your background. Um, I like to do, I like to make an actual one and hang it up where I'm going to see it. (laughs) And and I've done them for different seasons of of life. So, you know, before I met my husband, I had met, I had relationship stuff on my vision board. Um, when before we moved, I had a completely different vision board from what I have now from after we've moved. So the vision board's really good to help you hone in on what it is you desire. Cause sometimes the universe is going to take you down a different path than you want to go. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're never going to get where you want to go. It's just, you're kind of taking a detour. And that's kind of what happened with us when we moved. And so I sat down and I had a lot of people in my ear telling me how I should feel about the move and our new property, which is beautiful. But I sat down one day and did a vision board and it made me feel so much better. And it made me 
kind of rekindle that connection with my intuition because it was like, okay, I know how I'm feeling and I know exactly where I want to be. And I have to remember that it's okay to listen to myself and not everyone else. (laughs) So the vision board, I definitely think is an amazing tool to in using the law of attraction in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if you are like, maybe if someone, you know, if you lose someone and you're going through grief, I mean, maybe if you put on your vision board, like everything that kind of represents life, like, do you think that would help kind of shift your mentality? Like, obviously you won't be like just over it, but you know, I feel like looking at those kinds of things would maybe shift your mindset. Yeah. And you know what? I've never even thought about that, but that is good. It is a good tool and exercise for people to do who are experiencing a loss, especially if it's a really big loss. Um, Not that I want to, you know, make it small, any kind of loss smaller than another, but Um, I do think that it's important to recognize that there is life after loss and that's a really great way to do so. And it it might not be something you do right away. Um, I do really think people need to really get into their feelings with their grief, but I, I do think that is something that maybe like a, a few months down the road after the loss, that is something you can, you can definitely get into. Right. Yeah, because I feel like our home, um, you know, very much reflects what, you know, we're projecting. And, you know, if like you're not that this has to do with death, but like if your um, house is like if you haven't decorated at all and like all of the walls are bare, you know, it's like, what does that say? What is going to be showing up for you? Probably nothing. Right. And if it's like too cluttered, you know, that could also mirror things outside of your external world as well. Yeah, it takes up a lot of energy when you have a lot of clutter. Believe me, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) We all have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So can you tell everyone maybe three steps to take or three things to do um, when you are faced with the challenge, like maybe some direction or, you know, just anything that could help them? Yeah. So my first step in overcoming a challenge when you're, say you, you experience a heartbreak, you know, a breakup, someone passes away. Um, there's some financial trouble. I think our first natural instinct, especially today is to jump into action. And sometimes the best thing you can do when something happens is absolutely nothing. And I know some people are, they're probably like pumping their brakes, like, Whoa, no, you know, this girl's crazy. (laughs) Um, because it, it, again, it is as, as someone who has worked with this law for eight years now, it is still something that I want to do as soon as something comes up in my, my radar or a challenge happens. Um, but the best thing really do to do first is to do nothing and to just recognize that it happened. And so that's when, when you can recognize that it happened, you're, you're not necessarily coming to the acceptance part of it, but you're like, all right, like this happened. I'm I'm not going to be in denial about it. And now I'm going to sit here and feel how I need to feel. So I would say one, do nothing two recognize that it happened. And three, allow yourself to experience whatever emotions you're going to experience. And then you can do the step four of starting to move yourself forward. But those are the three things I would say. And it, again, people are probably looking for the the magic pill or the magic ingredient that's going to take them from zero, which is it just happened to 100, which is you're completely fine. But there's a lot that happens in between that time. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you said that you should just kind of sit there and like feel the feelings and kind of accept it and not be in denial because I know firsthand from my experience that certain traumas that I've gone through in my life, you know, I'm just, I basically did the opposite of what you said. Like, I'm like, all right, like keep moving, you know, and I think keep moving is good, you know, obviously, because you don't want to like dwell and sit here forever. But I think I did the action part, like you're saying too, too soon. And then later in life, like even when you were saying with your mom, it's like at the time you didn't know to like sit there maybe and like process everything, but then later in life it comes up for you. So it's like, you might as well, um, it's more beneficial to like, if you can, you know, accept everything and deal with all of that right when it happens to try and clear it out. Cause I know even from my experience with my clients, it's like a lot of trauma that we're clearing, you know, is something that happened a long time ago and they didn't even realize that they are still carrying it even from past lives. And, you know, this will just go on forever if we don't like finally face it. Right. So that's why I say face it as quickly as you can, because if you stuff it down, it is going to come back to come back with you at some point. And you could be cruising and thinking everything's great and it can hit you out of nowhere. And so I, listen, I have experienced grief a lot in my life. And sometimes I think people don't realize that I still go through the stages when I do lose someone in my life because of how much I've lost. And, you know, I, I laugh because it's like, sometimes I think people are just like, oh, she's used to it. But no, grief still hits me very hard. You know, I lost my mother-in-law a few years ago and I was very close with her and I lost her in the same way I lost my mom. Both of them passed away to cancer. And so there was, you know, there were times where my mother-in-law would look at me and say, I'm sorry, you have to go through this again. And those are really hard emotions that come up when, you know, someone recognizes that you're experiencing it again. And I, it's, I was able to move through the loss a little quicker. I was able to accept it a little quicker, but that doesn't mean that denial didn't happen. That doesn't mean that I wasn't upset. So I don't want people to think I'm saying be robotic when it comes to challenges or comes to grief, because I'm a very emotional and sensitive person. I cry all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's why I'm really big on feeling your feelings right up front, because I am also, again, someone who has, I've done both. I've felt the feelings and worked myself through them and I've stuffed them down and ignored them for years and watched as my life imploded from within because I decided to stuff them down instead of face them. So that's why I say face everything as soon as you can. It doesn't mean that, you know, something's going to happen and the next day you're going to be okay. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. It, It really depends on how much of an impact that has on your life. And when you did lose um, your mother-in-law, I mean, I know that obviously it wasn't like you're saying, it's not just like, oh, I'm used to it by now, but like you did feel maybe like, did you kind of not, how do I want to say this? Like not, um, like, did you feel like maybe you recognize that you've made some progress just kind of like evolving as like a person, you know, with your, like the way you were coping with it? Yeah, absolutely. So I... Again, as a kid, when I lost my mom, I didn't really think about things too much. I was just kind of going on and was still worried about all the things that kids worried about. And then I just had this very adult experience that I had to handle on top of all that. But when I, I would say, so I lost my pop-up about in, in 2015. And that one really hit me hard because I felt like it was the first death that I fully comprehended as an adult. And he was someone that I grew up 
that my Nana and Papa were my second set of parents. So that was a very tough loss for me emotionally. But I realized then that I had grown so much because I really started to look at death as a part of life. And that is something I used to resist so much. My dad used to say that to me because his mom, my Nana, passed away the year after my mom did. And so he, I would always be like, how do you handle this so well? Like you handle this, you don't even really think about it. You don't seem to get upset. And he's like, it's just a part of life stays. Like it happens. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to me. And so that is something that I've really grown to accept as well and resisted for so long is that it doesn't take away the sadness. I, my mom, the anniversary of my mom is actually this Friday and I get into a funk the week of, I get, I, that day I'll probably be really sad and mm. cause it all comes back to you. But I've also learned that she can, she's with me in a different way. She's with me in everything that I do. I've really gone from being sad that all of my family isn't here to living for them because they can't. So that's one of my biggest shifts, I would say. Yeah. And also too, I mean, for me, like, since I do the healing work, I mean, I feel like I've talked to your mom like so much, you know, and that, you know, it's like, they're just not to minimize it, but it's like, okay, they are now just on a different plane kind of. And it's like, you could still be communicating, but just in a different altered way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I still, and that's the thing. I mean, it might sound crazy to people who are just kind of getting into the spiritual world and getting into the law of attraction, but I still have very human emotions towards my mom. You know what I mean? Like last week I said to my husband, I was like, for the first time I feel very angry with my mom. And it was just something I, it was something I laugh at now because I'm like, okay, she's not here, but she's here. You know what I mean? So I still feel that connection. I can still feel all those human emotions towards her. Yeah, no, and I feel like maybe as time has gone on and as you are like spiritually growing, you know, you're feeling closer to her because like you're connecting in a better way. Yeah, absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. So going back to what you were saying before, just to kind of recap, because I feel like it's so important. You're basically saying that if we resist these emotions, you know, like it's just going to make everything harder for us, right? Absolutely. And it's going to keep coming back to you in different ways and in different lessons. So, and even in different, like when it comes out, you know, it might not be, and this is just like from my own experience with me and for other clients that I've seen, it's like, sometimes it can come out like in physical pain or, you know, addiction or, you know, it's like, you never know how it's not just going to be necessarily like you cry one day about it. You know, it's just going to, it's going to manifest itself in some like strange, unexpected way. Yeah. And that's what Louise Hay's book is all about. You can heal your life. And she gives that list of um, different ailments and what the emotions are behind them that cause them. I agree with that a lot. Um, Especially a lot of people, and I don't know if this is the case with you, but I've read it. And a lot of people who experience cancer hold some sort of resentment to something in their life. Um, (laughs) and, And that is something that I've noticed. And I, you know, I can look at my mom's life and I know the parts of her life that she resented and she held on to, and it, it manifested itself in, you know, in her cancer pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I agree with that. It's going to come back to, it, do, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come back to you in a physical ailment, but it's totally that, that ideal of what you resist persists. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's just like the reason why I was, you know, bringing it up again is because I feel like that should be something that we all remember for any topic in our life in general. Like, even if it's just like a simple problem, you know, like if you're going to resist it, it's not going to just go away on its own. And then somehow it's going to like come back and, you know, it's going to come out in some way or another. So um, I was thinking too, maybe if you are thinking it's obviously tempting to just, if you're upset to think like, I'm just going to block this out or, you know, do whatever coping mechanism you want, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. But if you maybe think to yourself, like, okay, if I don't handle this now, something not like something bad, you know, necessarily is going to happen, but like, it's not going to be beneficial and maybe that could help too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just deal with it. Listen, I have seen people stuff things down and it come back and hit them tenfold and they just get rocked. So as best as you can, it's, it's so important to deal with things as, you know, again, give yourself that time to process that they're happening. And then that's when you can jump into action and and really figure out from there how you're going to overcome it. And I, resisted therapy so much growing up just because people kept telling me I should do it. And um, when we moved here, I actually did reach out to someone to to just, just to talk through my thoughts. And that's something that can really, really help you through a challenge. It doesn't necessarily mean like, and I think therapy has such a bad stigma. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong with you. You can absolutely be a healthy individual and still benefit from therapy. And so and that was one thing my therapist said too. She was like, you know, you're, we don't really need to meet all the time. You're pretty stable. It just kind of sounds like you want someone to talk out your thoughts with. And, and that is pretty much what it can help you with. So right. I'm a big proponent yeah. on therapy now. Yeah, no, I'm not against therapy either. And I always say that I feel like if you are wanting to heal something or work through something, you should never just do like one modality. Like you should, you know, do as many as you can just so that you kind of have a well-rounded and like different perspective, um, kind of like 30,000 foot view of everything. Yeah, no, I agree. So where can everyone find everything that you've been doing? Like I love all the books and you did say that you have some free resources that people can find. Yeah, so we are, if you want everything in one place, um, on Instagram, I'm at underscore positive me. And that's where you can find the link to my website, you can find the link to all of my books, my journals. And yeah, so I right now I'm offering my positive me mindfulness activities for free, since everyone's home with their kids. And there's a lot of homeschooling going on. Um, I created this packet actually back in the summer for the new school year so that people could take the mindfulness activities into their classroom. But I think it's something that is really beneficial to do right now, especially with everything that's going on um, with their families in their home. So it's a 10 page or a 10 activity packet, just going through things like gratitude, um, inner peace, what makes you happy, self-worth, community, friendship. So it's, it's really great for the kiddos. It's really great to do as a family. I've done the activities myself. I'm 29 years old. <laughs> so they're really for anyone. I that when I was younger, you know, like I didn't know any of this until I was like 21. And I wish that, you know, my parents showed like there was something like this that existed. So I think that's just so 
amazing that you're, you created that. And also the fact that you're a former teacher. I mean, well, you're still definitely a teacher in every sense of the word, but I feel like that just makes you even more qualified to be able to be making these things for everyone. I just had a little bit of experience of kind of a curriculum building. That's where I got my, that's where my teacher skills came in. <laughs> no, but you're really good at explaining things to people and helping people. And I mean, that's like who you are at like a soul level as a teacher. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. So I will put all of your information um, in, on my Instagram and um when I promote this, so everyone will be able to find you. So awesome. thank you so much for being here today. And I know this is going to help so many people because what you talked about, we all go through and I feel like it's so easy to get lost or caught up in the emotions and feel like there's just no way out. So well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I just feel like you provided like a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's, it's really one of the things I want to drive home is that even as you're experience that, experiencing that loss, life can still be beautiful. You can absolutely still have that magic in life. And that's what I want to help p- people find through my work is that you can experience all of these challenges. You can experience loss. You can experience death. And you can still find that bright light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because nothing is permanent. So absolutely. Even- through a bad time now it's there's just no possible way even if you want to sit there in misery 24 7 it's just not gonna happen <laughs> yeah what's meant, what's meant for you will always find its way to you so it's just when you can you can open yourself up to receiving that it comes to you a lot quicker rather than if you you remain closed off yeah i love that that's so true Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.